Hey everybody, I'm Rob Perlman, and I'm about to beam up with the Sci-Fi Sisters. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Sisters podcast, where we give you our point of view. We are proud members of the Trek Geeks podcast network, and I am so happy to be here today. I'm your host, Tamia Harper, and I'm joined by your other hosts, my other sisters. I have with me today, Yvette Blackman-Tom. Hello. And Sabrina Wood. Woo woo. <laughs> I was like, I'm waiting. <laughs> And yeah, we have a great show for you today. Somebody who has become really near and dear to our hearts. Uh, the first time we met him, we felt like we had met a brother from another mother. And he's like family in our hearts to us. And he is an amazingly accomplished editor and writer and so many more things. His name, you guys, and pop culturalist, because you're going to know his name when I say it. His name, y'all, is Rob Perlman. He's a pop culturalist. He's a number one New York Times bestselling author of more than 70 books for both grownups and kids. Um, he was a publishing professional and he acquired a bunch of books and edited a bunch of books that we all know, like this one, which I sold many times because I was a bookseller for 10 years. So uh, I'm familiar with a lot of his work. The official Princess Bride cookbook. I remember this book. Uh, Somewhere Out There, a memoir by Don Bluth. Fandom Acts of Kindness. Leading Lady, a memoir by Charles Bush. Hi, honey. I'm homo. Parks and Recreation, the official cookbook, Drag, Combing Through the Big Wigs of Show Business, Bob Ross, The Joy of Painting, my man. I want I really like pick your brain about that one. The Bob's Burgers Burger Book, Animalisa, Zombies on Film, The Definitive Story of Undead Cinema. That's so cool. Uh, Stuck on Star Trek. Yay, we love that Yay. book. And my personal favorite. One of my personal favorites, The Princess Bride, A Celebration. It is like my all-time favorite movie. So he's edited monographs of the works and lives of award-winning animators, Bill Plimpton and Ralph, Ralph Bakshi. The Joker, the first book solely dedicated, devoted to the DC Comics supervillain, as well as really cool children's books, including Grandma Moses's The Night Before Christmas, John Patrick Burns's The Donald and Benoit, and... For Yvette, a poem as big as New York City. Uh, so we just want to welcome Rob to the show. Rob, welcome. Thanks Yay! for having me. Hi, friends. <laughs> Hi. We're so I excited. see you got the you got the uh, the publicity thing my mom sent you. So thanks for reading that. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> I mean, we're amazed. I really wanted to read all of that because you are so incredibly talented, and when and wow. you you've done so much um, in the publishing world, and I didn't realize like quite how much of your work or works that you are responsible for bringing to the world that I know. You know, and especially like I alluded to, I was a bookseller for 10 years and then I was a sales mm -hmm. rep for a publishing company for a while. And I'm like, 
how come I never, ever met this human being before? (laughs) (laughs) Because I first got to meet you on the cruise and yay, that was awesome. (laughs) You also work for Star Trek, the cruise. You're, you're, you're on the staff there as well, right? Uh Yeah. This was my fifth cruise. Fifth or sixth. It all blends together. I think it was my fifth. I missed the first one. Ah. Um, but I was on everything since number two on. So yeah, five of them. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's great. amazing. Let's go back a little bit to the beginning. <laughs> what led you to the publishing world and writing? Were you always a creative writer or a writer? Yeah, I, I've always been a book guy. Um, books were really, really treasured and valued in my house. Um, and some of my best memories are, you know, it's summer vacation, walking to the library with my mom. Um, it's super, super hot outside, you know, in Brooklyn. But the minute you open the doors, like the super cold air conditioning hits. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this is my jam. I'm, I'm home here. And then just taking home piles and piles of books. Um, and, and I really remember I was probably five, maybe six years old. And for some reason, I just wanted to take home a Hardy Boys book. Mm. And the librarian said, okay, if you can read it, you can take it home. And I remember the, one of the first lines had the word motorcycle in it. And I couldn't read the word motorcycle. Oh. And they were like, all right, you know, you'll be able to read that in a little bit. Why don't you look at these picture books? And I would just take home piles and piles of picture books. And that was really the first time when I realized just how important and and transformational the act of reading was and I could just go through those piles over and over again until it was time to go back and get more and you could just get more books amazing (laughs) Um, and it never really dawned on me that people wrote the books Mm -hmm. and people printed the books and produced the books and you know as I was growing up um, my aunt gave me an electric typewriter Wow. I think we wow. all remember what typewriters <laughs> yes. were. Remember, remember typewriters? That, that was yeah. a big deal getting yeah. an electric typewriter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was <laughs> it was this gigantic vibrating brown monstrosity. <laughs> they did have a home to them, that, didn't they? <laughs> oh, oh man, it probably weighed as much as I do. Um, and I remember like trying to type on it, not knowing how to type, but the vibrations would like shoot up my hands and into my arms. And I was like, oh, this is invigorating. I love this. <laughs> uh, and then I went to grad school for, for publishing. I got my master's in publishing. Um, because I knew that I I wanted to be part of the book process. I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do, mm-hmm. um, but I knew I, I needed to be part of it and and play at least a small part in giving people the experiences that I enjoyed and treasured mm-hmm. so much. So where, I got my master's you, in publishing. Where did you go? I've, I've not heard of a master's in publishing before. Yeah, I went to Pace in the city. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. one of the few schools that that have masters in publishing programs and it was fantastic. Yeah. It's really right really great. In New York, of course they do. Right there. Yeah, it's <laughs> right by City Hall. My campus was uptown, so I was working full-time and then going to school at night. Okay. Full-time. Um, and I was exhausted. I was getting home at like 11 you. o'clock at night, but <laughs> I, I knew I had to do it. I wanted to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was great because I got to have classes in all of the different aspects of publishing That's in amazing. production and design and editorial and sub rights, which was my first job. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, 
it was great because I understood what I liked and what I couldn't do. Like production, no way could I do that because there's so much math involved. Um, and I knew I couldn't be in like the finance department because of math reasons. Um, but I really enjoyed <laughs> like the sub rights part and the editorial part. Um, so I kind of, I, I went into it that way and I started in sub rights. I did that at, at Disney and Simon and & Schuster. And then I switched over to the editorial side. Um, working for Rizzoli. Wow. And, and while I was doing that, nine to five, I was writing books okay. uh, on nights and weekends. So I was I was all books all the time. Uh, I love it. You just like, listening to you talk book right now is <laughs> yeah. just so soothing to my soul because it's <laughs> been many years since I've been out of the book industry, but, you know, it never leaves you. You know, and no, books books no. are still my most comforting thing. I mean, like right now, mm-hmm. like even though um visual media has overtaken books in my life, you know, basically because of circumstance and because of lack of time and because of you know reading like I fall asleep now, <laughs> you know, yeah. without reading and like my eyes are different and everything, but um it's still like the 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 love of my life, my first love always my first love. So That's it great. just, it just feels so good to hear you speak book. And, and I don't have a, a, a lot of friends still in that, in that world. Uh-huh. Um, you know, but, oh, it's just beautiful. You know, it's a, I'm it's just a having tough... a Tamiya thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tough business. So you really have to love it. Yeah. Um, and, and once you're in it and you love it, it's real to your point, it's really hard to get it out of your blood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I say, like if anything happened with the, my my work now, I would go back to the book world in a heartbeat. Uh-huh. And now that I know that there's such a thing as a master's program in publishing, publishing, yeah. oh, oh, oh watch, do it! It's watch so out, great. world! <laughs> it's so great. It's still around. There's tons of online classes you can take. It's a oh, it's a really yeah. wonderful program. Yeah, it sounds amazing. I'm so super jealous, but like I, just, <laughs> but you know, but at the same time, like I'm really grateful that you did that because you've produced all these amazing works. And I think that um, one of the things that your bio didn't touch on as much was all the children's work that you're, that you're doing. And, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and we love you that about you. Like when on the cruise, um, one of the things that I learned that I came to respect about you was your, your dedication to um, putting works out there that will help shape young minds right Mm -hmm. um to bring about the type of change that we are hoping to see in this world to hopefully get to the future this uh uh, the trek future that we want right so Mm -hmm. um, even if it's not through the lens of star trek it's through these other things like you know like these other steps of how do you teach people to be fair to one another how do you teach people to accept difference like you know, how do you not just accept difference, but see strength and differences? Can you talk about your um, your agenda, maybe? You know, is there an agenda to um, to put out these types of works or your interest in putting out these children's works and what you'd like to do with them and accomplish? You know, I think um, the agenda is to. It's a really good question. You know, I write adult books and I write kids books. Um, and I think to your earlier point, you know, as, as a book person, as someone who's, who appreciates books and who has worked in the industry and 
will spend part of a vacation looking at a bookstore, you know, at a local bookstore and talking to booksellers. I, I understand from lots of different sides of that equation that when you're asking someone to spend their time and their money on a book, you're asking them to make an investment and they need to be rewarded for, for that investment and to feel satisfied by the end of it. So, you know, my agenda is to try to put out kindness hmm. and to try to put out the kinds of books that as, as an adult, I would want, want to read and appreciate, but also thinking of me as a kid and the kinds mm-hmm. of books that I would have liked to have read when I was little. Um, because I, I'm sure there are lots of little kids out there like me who are just looking for that one book that they can see themselves in, um, you know, emotionally, I- illustratively, you know, a, a turn of phrase, something where a kid could be like, ah, yes, I get it. Or yes, that's me. Or they understand what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and even better still, something that is going to spark a conversation between the kids and the adults in their lives that leads to growth and and education and fun like you know the kinds of stuff i write are not you know hard-hitting nonfiction <laughs> works about politics um i know my lane and i have to stay in my lane because i know i wouldn't be good in any other lane <laughs> so i enjoy giving people you know a, a happy little break during the day to sort of paraphrase Bob Ross a little bit mm-hmm. to take them out of their reality to give them just a breather mm-hmm. um and then especially for kids to to feel that sense of of security and um and importance and to give them something that they would want to read over and over and over again like the mm-hmm. books that I wanted to read over mm-hmm. and over and over again Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my favorite books when I was growing up were Harold and the Pur- Purple Crayon yeah, <laughs> and The Monster at the End of the Book uh-huh. and In the Night Kitchen. And, oh, I you know, love In the Night Kitchen. Those are my three favorites. And, mm-hmm. and looking back on them, they're all about, you know, single little kids work, working their imagination and yeah. interacting with their environment around them. And, you know, I think I try to do that a little bit with the Bob Ross picture books. Mm-hmm. Do. Bob is always talking directly to the reader and inviting them into the painting experience. Um, and, and that that makes me happy to at least try to be a part of that kid's life, that family's life um, in, in a healthy, productive, and fun way. I love that. If that makes any sense. It does. It It really does. does. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not my job to tell people what they should think and what they shouldn't think. Um, (laughs) But it, I think it's everybody's job to make sure that people know that they can think Mm -hmm. and that they Uh can feel. There you go. I know. Right. Thinking. Mm -hmm. Dangerous. (laughs) Super dangerous. Mm -hmm. And you're not political. (laughs) No. I I just happen to like show up on a banned book list every other week. There you go. There you go. I like you even more. It's a weird, it's a weird place to be, but um, yeah, yeah. I I take what I do um, as much fun as it is for me. I take it super, super seriously Mm -hmm. um, because I know that people are going to be reading it um, and thinking about it. And unfortunately, sometimes, you know, commenting on it, (laughs) writing reviews on it. (laughs) 
it's um, we can't control that. it's so important. Books. I, I love. I've always been a reader, even especially when I was a kid. Uh, the library was yeah. my spot. You know, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> I grew up in the projects, and um, I was like, oof, you know, let me get away from some of this stuff. And I would go hide in the in the um, even if it wasn't, no matter what time of year it was, it was my it was my safe space to really uh-huh. be the nerd that I really was. Um, because out with my friends, I had to be kind of cool, you know, so nobody would laugh at, you know, nobody wants to get laughed at. Mm-hmm. So I loved going to the library. And uh, when my kids were growing up, I used to always make sure I bought books that mm-hmm. were um, books that the cover looked like them. Somebody on the cover didn't look, you know, what every, you know, what, what they, what people were saying, the what looks, what should be the norm. Right. Um, a lot of monsters funny looking things, a lot of colors. And I noticed that it just made them better readers because they were okay with looking at a book. The book made them feel better. The book made Mm -hmm. them feel like, oh, I don't have to worry about the way I look. You know, there was none of that. Like TV. TV Mm -hmm. was always judging. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A book, especially if you pick the right book, it's just a book. (laughs) <laughs> you know yeah. I can be a kid read a book and have a good time you know yeah. and like you said it's a safe space and it's like and a breather because they have to deal with all of that stuff mm-hmm. you know so yeah. I always um bought all of these books I was telling my daughter about your book um pink is t- pink is for for boys pink is for boys uh-huh. and she was like wait what pink is for boys wait th- there's a book like that why didn't you ever read that to me? i said well you were you were a lot older when this came out <laughs> <laughs> you know? and she goes oh of course pink is for boys because she was like i always hated pink i always liked blue i never understood that why did they have to attach a color to me and i was like yeah. my gender you know so it's so dumb. you know it was it, no matter i don't your books are, are for everyone. They're not just for kids, especially the kid books. I think they're for everyone because, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. like you said, the parent reads it with the kid and there's so much there for the parent also. Yeah. So I, I think you're, I love your children's books. I have a lot of them. <laughs> so I love your children's books. Uh, mainly the, the Star Trek ones. They're, they're really oh, cool. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know, I wrote um, The Sublime Miss Stacks. Uh, it's mm. it's an ode to librarians oh, and yes. to libraries mm-hmm. and it, it was really important for me and the illustrator danny jones who's a brilliant brilliant illustrator to show kids who look like every kid mm-hmm. so there's a, a wheelchair user in the book mm-hmm. and there's you know sort of you know gender non-conforming kids like you don't know if it's a traditionally a boy or, or a right. girl and you know, there's all skin tones and all eye shapes. Like mm-hmm. we wanted everyone to be able to like point at one kid and be like, oh, that looks like me. That me. looks like my sister. Yeah. That looks like my dad. That mm-hmm. looks like somebody. Um, and the same for Pink is for Boys. I think I mentioned this on the cruise, but I, I get it. I mean, it's it's really lovely. I get a lot of emails and social media posts about people saying, you know, thank you for writing this book. My boy always loved pink and Mm -hmm. he always got made fun of but now he knows it's okay and it's his favorite book Mm -hmm. but i was also especially when the book first came out getting uh, getting some social media posts and and some emails from these families who were like this is the first time my little brown girl saw herself on a cover with a little white boy Mm -hmm. and it's not 
we're not making a big deal on it. It's just right. two kids painting on a cover. Like, why wouldn't they be together? And I was I was really surprised at those emails mm-hmm. um, because I wasn't expecting it mm-hmm. at all. But that's where we are. Oh, there's the book. <laughs> yeah. Yvette is holding up her copy of Pink is for Boys. This is a beautiful cover. I remember selling a lot of that book. <laughs> Thanks. It's still selling. It's yeah. still selling. I'm, I'm really, really proud of it. I've, I've been it. Collecting, collecting a lot of books for one day if I have grandchildren. I was telling Tamia this, that I just, because, you know, You'll forget once the kid comes, if the kid comes, <laughs> you'll forget what kind of book. So every time I see a book or a children's book that I see that has, you know, it has a lot of different people, colors, you know, people, different um, shades. I try to buy them mm-hmm. so that I can make that little bundle, you know, the gift, you know, so yeah, whatever, because we don't have any little kids in our family, really. So yeah, I said, let me, right. Yes. But that's why I want to <laughs> get this little stack together because when the kid comes you you gotta forget so every time i see one i'm like oh let me get that that was one of the first books (laughs) yeah that was one of the first books that came out in hardcover Mm. and the publisher reissued it as a board book oh great and okay that's fantastic i'm like two formats yeah (laughs) yeah Like that's a big deal. Yeah, yeah, I was really, really happy about that. Yeah. I I just want to ask you a question about your illustrators. You don't use the same illustrator ever, right? You always use different ones. Is that sometimes I use the uh, use the same one. Um, The office and Parks and Recreation have the same uh, illustrator, and in fact, that illustrator is also illustrating my Smurfs books. Oh wow! To Melanie Demmer, she is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. No way. Second one's coming out this year. Oh no! Talk about a dream come true. I was a Smurf kid. Were you? Like Smurfs were cool. I had Smurf birthdays. I had. I bought so many Smurfs. The guy in the store gave us the spinner rack, which I still have. <laughs> I was and, a Smurf adult, but I was a Smurf. oh my god! And I'm going to hold this up. Your the listeners can't see it, but this little poet Smurf. <laughs> <laughs> it's has her. been sitting on my desk wow. for 30 years uh-huh. um, yeah. and the next smurf book is where's your poem poet smurf mm. so full circle moment. i love that that's so cool <laughs> i didn't even know there was a poet smurf like right? oh, yeah. <laughs> i didn't know that either until I mean, you okay, showed so it to us <laughs> i was not that i was not a smurf <laughs> head you know like uh-huh. Uh, like the Smurfs, like I was like the one woman, like there's one chick. Like, the what the hell is going on with the Smurfs? Like, I don't even get this. Like, really? The Smurfs confused me. I know, but then I would get, I would totally get stuck watching it. Like, you know, like, I mean, oh, I would yeah. be like, oh, I don't like the Smurfs, but then I would watch the whole show. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because yeah. yes. it came on before Gargoyles. It did. It did, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I would sit, watch yeah, the Smurfs, eat my Smurfberry Crunch. Smurfberry Crunch. <laughs> oh, yeah. My tongue would be blue. Totally blue. <laughs> and I wasn't a, a kid. That <laughs> was a terrible cereal. That's what I'm saying. I was not a kid. I was not a kid. Well, I, I was an older person. I, I, I wasn't a kid. A kid. <laughs> I'd be like, is it blue? <laughs> not yet 
have more have more, have have more. more. <laughs> more, more. oh my goodness <laughs> i just love i love i'm tripping over poet smurf now like now oh, yeah. now you gotta get one right like, was poet oh. smurf ever even featured on the show did, like did poet smurf have any lines oh sure yeah he he rhymes he he, <laughs> he speaks in couplets Oh my God. Okay. So imagine like go writing back. couplets in a Smurf picture book now. Right? When I'm rap, a little, yeah. I mean, Smurf my, now, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right now he'd be rapper Smurf. <laughs> You'd think it would be easy to rhyme something with Smurfberry, but it's it's actually a little tricky. Is it really? It's a little tricky. Like, yeah. There's only a few words that rhyme with berry. Indeed, yes. Yeah. Is there? Yeah. yeah, and then you've got to be in context with the story and move yeah, along. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I've, I've got three hundred words to tell this entire tale, and <laughs> Murphy is two of them already. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking about all these words that rhyme with Barry, I'm getting a lot of them. Barry, Barry. <laughs> you can't rhyme Barry with Barry. Barry. That's no, cheating. you can't. I said Barry, Barry. Oh, Barry, Barry. My friend Barry. Barry okay, so you have to get the New York accent on it. So you know it's a different word. Well, he's got a New York accent. <laughs> and Barry. now Poet Smurf does too. Right, of course he does. Uh, Poet Smurf's from Flatbush. He's from, well, yeah, well, I'm from, I'm from the Bronx. So, hey, there you go. There's two accents right there. Honey, please. Sorry. So, I would, like you've written, can you list some of the Star Trek books that you've done? Because you've done a lot of Oh my that. gosh, I, I've, I've done 12. Jeez wow. Louise, man. Can you believe it? I've done 12. So I did um, Search for Spock, which is sort of like a Where's Waldo, but with Star Trek. And you have to search Love for it. Spock. There it and, is. And Yvette has it. Yvette has it. <laughs> <laughs> She's my Vanna White for the evening. Thank I know, you. right? <laughs> we still um, wish this was on video, guys. Sorry. I do. Uh, the the latest one that just came out is Trek the Halls, which is a holiday book. I love that. Book. Oh wow! Uh, my very first one is Fun with Kirk and Spock, which is oh, yeah, that, thank you. <laughs> it looks like a Dick <laughs> and you. Jane cover, like it looks like one of the old Dick and Jane yep. covers. Yeah, but yep. Khan is there, so it can't be Dick and Jane. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna do something Dick happening. and Jane were never heard from again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did uh, the girl who made the stars. Oh yes, yes. which is yes, based yes, on a yes. short track book. Yes. So that was yeah. interesting because it was based on the short track. So it was the first time I really tried to adapt something mm -hmm. that had already existed, yeah. um, and then sort of you know take it in a new direction mm -hmm. a little mm -hmm. bit with the bumpers and everything. Um, Star Trek Prodigy Supernova. That's my Yay! first Ooh. middle grade novel. Yes. Wow, really? Yeah. yeah. So that was really exciting mm -hmm. to do. And that one, sort of like Girl Who Made the Stars, it was an interesting challenge because it took place in between the last two episodes of the show. Mm. Or I guess um, between episodes 10 and 11, I guess. And it's sort of based oh. on a video game. Right, that's what I thought it was. So, like game. the yeah, yeah. the main points about the like the planet had to be there, but I had to fill in all of the sort of mm. story bits too. So it wow. was adapting some things. Uh, sure, why not? <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> I think we've got a forum, so if the four of us agree, then yes, right? It's exactly, totally, it's total that. Um, <laughs> Body by Starfleet, which is an mm -hmm. exercise book. Love that. <laughs> I love that book. <laughs> 
with actually like real exercises. I worked yes. with a, a, a private trainer to figure them all out. I love a, a, a uh, horror with her with the triple doing the sides. Oh, triple twists! <laughs> triple yeah, twists. yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. and wharf doing with the the triple is all the way out here. <laughs> yes, uh-huh. I love that. One. <laughs> my favorites are um, the the Riker maneuver mm-hmm. where you start nice. to lift your arm. Um, and sure. at the beginning of the exercise, he's without a beard, but by the end of the exercise, he has his beard. Star Trek, my first book of colors. Ooh, I love that one book, too. Nice. Um, which was great. Board book, yeah. um, Star Trek's um, Red Shirt's Little Book of Doom. Yes. <laughs> which is good. all about, you know, so poor funny. Red Shirt, like what his day is like. And he it's it's not good. It's no. not good. <laughs> Poor Richard. Going downhill from there. Yeah. Uh, the Book of Grudge. That's the one yes. I have. I yes, the Good old Grudge. So that was fun. I love that um, one. The Wit and Wisdom of Star Trek. I love that one. The Star Trek Book of Friendship, which I, I co-wrote with Jordan Hoffman. Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah. And Star Trek Starfleet Is, which is all about the, the values that are in Starfleet, but also in fandom. Oh, um, I need to get that one. It's it it's it has such a beautiful forward by Ken Mitchell. Oh, oh wow! Um, nice. It was really important, you know, for all of my books to for them to actually have a purpose to exist, mm-hmm. really. And um, the idea for Starfleet is came at a New York Comic Con. I was at a panel, I think, for the first season of Picard. Mm. And and it was like a, a dual panel. It was like season one of Picard and season two of Discovery, season three. So it was like a two-hour thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was in this you know gigantic auditorium and filled with all kinds of people, kind of like any con is. Mm-hmm. Right. And you know the actors were on stage and the creators were on stage. And afterward, I'm like, wow, like Starfleet is is all that. And then I looked around. I was like, but this is Starfleet too. Mm-hmm. It's people from oh, all walks of life, yes. all coming together for a common purpose. Um, so when I was doing Starfleet Is, I really wanted someone who sort of embodied that idea of Starfleet. Mm-hmm. And the first person that came to mind was Ken Mitchell. Yeah. Um, and he wrote the most beautiful introduction to it about a meeting that he had with Shatner. Um, really just about Star Trek and the community and fandom. Mm-hmm. Um, and a portion of the proceeds for that book go to ASL research. Nice. So it's a it's a it's a it's an important book to me. It's in my heart. And this was Starfleet is. Starfleet is, yeah. yeah okay, that's beautiful. That's so beautiful. That's, that's all twelve. That's wow. a lot. I knew it was a lot. Like, and I knew I only knew like a small portion of them. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's like. Like, oh my God, man, when do you sleep? <laughs> man, man I, well, I don't know. And you know what? I wonder because you've done, because you have studied a lot of these, like, you know, pop culture, but mm-hmm. people, people sometimes downplay, you know, the importance of pop culture studies and mm-hmm. and reflections mm-hmm. but it's it's not like these are the moments like that we literally use to get through life on a daily basis and mm-hmm. it, yeah. and and it tells us all about our trends as you know as a society and as human beings but i'm wondering is there a particular book that you've worked on that just you ended up learning a lot about yourself or ended up affecting you like in a different way, but it was in an unexpected way. 
Yes. Yeah. And it came as a complete shock. So a couple of years ago, I wrote a book called um, Live Like a Vulcan, Love Like a Wookiee, Laugh Like a Hobbit. <gasps> no way! Oh, <laughs> Benny has that one too. I'm, I'm reading this now. It's so good. I'm at the bar. Oh, good, 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 good. Um, which, you know, when I started ideating it, I thought, oh, it's just, you know, life lessons from pop culture. So, you know, I thought of things like you're going to need a bigger boat, like always be prepared, you know, from mm-hmm. Jaws or fly casual you know, when you're approaching a situation that you don't quite know what to do with, you know, kind of, you know, fake it till you make it, you know, mm-hmm. Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And the more I got into it and the more I started thinking about how to deliver this information, um, the more I was really looking inside myself and and trying to identify those moments in pop culture in in movies and in books and in video games and TV shows and commercials that touched me in one way or the other, mm-hmm. um, either made me think or made me laugh or gave me something to to pass on, um, and it was a really interesting experience because I didn't think I would be as moved by it and. I don't want to say the book is serious, but it came out a little bit more serious than I thought it was going to be when I first started doing it. And that's mm-hmm. part of the writing process. Um, and rather than fighting it and and telling the book what it should be, yeah. um, I was listening to the characters in the book and wow. the story that they were telling me <laughs> it should be. And yeah. I shifted gears a little bit. <laughs> Luckily, it happened at the beginning, so I didn't have to read it <laughs> too much. Um, but it, it really started making it a, a, a deeper experience for me and the feedback that i've been getting has been really really gratifying because you know it's not a particularly long book mm-hmm. um so you can read it in, in one or two sessions but i really wanted to make it something that you could you know pick up and put down and pick up and put mm-hmm. down and hopefully reread a little bit um and and one of the the highest compliments i have ever gotten is from our friend Dr. Erin McDonald, uh, who told me that it made her cry. Oh wow! Um, and when she told me that, then of course I started crying, and we both started crying. It was a mess, and it, it was just crazy. And Aww. there's a a section on grief and and loss mm-hmm. in it, um, which I was writing when I was going through that, mm-hmm. um, and and thinking about you know, my loss, but also the loss that these characters that are, are not real experienced uh-huh. and and how that was affecting audiences. Um, and yeah, the whole thing was really, really surprising for me. Uh-huh. And I'm really proud of, I'm really proud of that book. Yeah. Do you think, you know, as you were talking about it, I was thinking like, you know, what is that, did it, is it a book that you could have written like 20 years ago? Like, would it have been the same book? You know, and I was thinking about because, you know, we're at a certain point in our lives where, you know, these types of things start to take on a little bit more poignancy. And I wonder if you think that it, it would have, you know, how the book might've been different if you had written it younger. I think it would have been impossible for me to write the book. Um, I think had I tried doing it, it would have been a completely different, it would have been a really small gifty joke book. 
mm-hmm. really, and oh, well, okay. um, and not take yeah. itself seriously mm-hmm. at all, um, and not be as thoughtful. I think yeah. in the characterizations of these four people mm-hmm. who meet at a at a con, mm-hmm. um, I, I don't think I had enough experience in those situations, in those social situations, yeah, um, to to be authentic and and write it mm, as it is. Yeah. And I think one of the things I always try to get to uh, any book or any project I'm I'm writing or editing or bringing on authors for is a sense of authenticity, because mm. I think a reader can spot inauthentic writing the first page, the very first page. Um, and that's okay. You know, not everybody is is the right person to write a book, every book. I know I'm not the person to write a World War II biography about kind of someone. Um, you know, like I'm a middle-aged guy. I should know who World War II people are at this point. <laughs> <laughs> My grandfather is very upset with me, I'm sure. <laughs> Don't worry. Yeah, but I think, you know, I, I think, you know, 20 years ago, my perspective on pop culture was probably a bit more shallow mm-hmm. than it is now. And I think, you know, honestly, pop culture has come a long way in, in 20 20- <laughs> That's what I was, I was going to say that too. Yeah. I mean, we yeah. used to not, it used to, not only was it not res, it respected, mm-hmm. but there's a lot more work out there because I think, yeah. you know, for me, like the way I see it is our generations, like you and I are all pretty much the same generation, you know, me, yeah. you and Yvette and, and Sabrina's like a little bit before us, you know, but it, pop culture wasn't a thing until we grew up, until our generation started growing up and saying like, hey, this stuff is important to us. You, you took it with you. Yes. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I think the word pop, the, the phrase pop culture came from people who were older than us that gave us this phrase. I mean, I don't know if that's true mm-hmm. or not, but I mean, that's just my sense, you know, mm-hmm. and and we're saying, you know, we have been continuing to say, no, these things are important to us. Mm-hmm. Like, these are, yeah. you know. He-Man was on in the afternoon when I was a latchkey kid, and my Mm -hmm. opinions and thoughts were shaped partially by He-Man and She-Ra, you know? Like, so it's Mm -hmm. not unimportant, you know? (laughs) And starting to really take that seriously. Whereas, Mm -hmm. you know, my parents' generation, they were raised on Bugs Bunny and stuff, but they weren't latchkey kids either, you know? And it Mm -hmm. didn't have the same type of impact, I think. Well, you know, I said something... I, I said something I the other gonna... day to Bill. Uh, he was saying, um, uh, "What game did you? What game was happening when you were eighteen? Like, name it. You know, just kind of like a throwback post." And I said, I typed in. I said, "When I was eighteen, we we weren't playing games anymore." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I said, "That's yeah. like the whole difference between my yeah. generation and what you're talking about now. It's like it was just over for us, and you had to put it down, and you had yeah. to go to work." And mm-hmm. that's not what's happening now. You know, everybody's just kind of, you know, this is cool. This is coming back and it's getting rebooted and redone and then revisited. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think it's really interesting to watch everybody kind of um, cherish all these things now that, you know, we thought was so smurfish like before. Yeah. Now we think it's cool. You know, when I wrote Skeletor, um, what would Skeletor do? Which uh-huh. is sort of Skeletor's Guide to Life. You know, it's a fun book and it's, you know, it's screen grabs of the cartoon and it's it's fun and funny. Um, but I wrote it as a fan. You know, yeah. I, I wasn't making fun of that. And, you know, like the, the fun Star Trek books 
mm-hmm. I'm, I'm writing or the Rick and Morty book that I wrote or the Bob's Burger stuff. Like I approach all of these things as a, as a fan mm-hmm. and I'm not making fun of any of it. I'm celebrating it. I'm mm-hmm. celebrating yeah. the experience that we all shared yeah. with it. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's my opportunity to like welcome more people into the tent. Yeah, it's like this is a really cool thing, and yeah. you may come, not get come it. See, but come see, <laughs> yeah. Do people yeah. misunderstand it sometimes? That do, do they think you're not a fan? I think, um, I think at first blush, you know, they'll see fun with Kirk and Spock, and you're like, oh, you're making fun of oh of I fans, and it's like, no, like not at all. Like, take mm-hmm. a look at it. Yeah, read the, open read the, the book. Cover copy. Open the book. <laughs> Yeah, those people look, that don't open anything. Look, then, yeah, open the book and read it. It's so don't good. open anything but their mouths. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he, I mean, I look at these. These are children, supposed to be children's books, but you've got you really need to know your Star Trek to 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 appreciate some of these books. Because I mean, you go deep, especially in deep. Uh, search for Spock. Oh yeah, I mean. So it's like Waldo, right? You have to look for Spock. But as you're wa- looking for Spock, everybody else from the series is on there. <laughs> like everybody, like to bring yeah. all the Vulcans to bring is there. Even um, Sean, was it Sean? Is that to bring's the bring's new man? Stan, Stan, Stan. Yeah. Um, to Paul is in there, and I was like, oh, this is great. You know, so somebody. I'm not, you know, it's not a kid's book. <laughs> it's a kid's <laughs> book. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's, that's this. And, and oh my God, they're in the Monster Maroons. And so it it's, I, I it doesn't, it feels like someone who really loves this. I can, I see it as a, as a fan, you know, I'm like, oh, this is wonderful. You know, because yeah, I'm thank you. going through it, you know, and I think, Thanks. was it Kirk, um, Kirk and Spock, you go through the whole uh, TOS Mm-hmm. Don't you you yep. go through the whole thing. I mean, we get yep. we get the whole series in there. So. Oh yeah. So it's real. I mean, there's no laughing. There, it's just wonderment and go. Oh, this is so thoughtful. You know. Yeah. Um, I want I, them to laugh. I laugh. I want them to laugh with me. Yes. Mm-hmm. At yes. Everything. Yeah. 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 yeah, um, yeah. You know, it's funny. <laughs> Search for Spock doesn't have a lot of words in it. But the amount of art notes I had to yeah. write for that book I can is the most amount because I had to, you know, in each scene, I was like, the Romulan commander needs to be talking to this person and this mm-hmm. person needs to be off in the corner, but oh, hiding wow. under a table. Yes, and, because that, the pictures yeah. alone are the words. And yes. like yeah. there's scenes going on too. And you're you're supposed to be looking for Spock, but, <laughs> right. you know, there's so much other stuff going on. I, uh-huh. I just I just love that. Sark and Amanda need to be here, but don't mm-hmm. put Spock too close to Sark because they're, you know. Right. No, don't no. do that. <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> he can be next to Amanda, but not next to Sark. Not to that. Nope. So good. <laughs> well, one of the things that um, on the crew, when I first met you, it was on the cruise, and I got to do be on the panel with you, your panel, um, about... Um, diversity in star okay. trek um well what we learned through it what was the name of our panel again it was the the art and science of diverse of yeah Itic. yeah of Itic. yeah it was a great panel it was a lot it was of fun really good yeah right i was so th- first of all thank you for letting me be on there with you because that was like that was something i didn't expect and it was really cool and surprise i know right <laughs> hey watch you're on vacation. Come to a panel. Come on, okay, sure. Come on. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Why not? You know. Uh, but um, you know, is that a 
okay, how do I frame this question? Can, I guess I'll just keep it really open-ended. Can you talk about the importance of that philosophy um, in your life? Like how that, the idic has played out in your life? Um, it's a big question. It is a big question. Yeah. Um, Answer it however you want. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think... For lots of reasons, I've always felt othered um, in situations, whether it was in school or at work or just life, you know, in general. I was um, one of the few only children in mm -hmm. school. Everyone mm -hmm. else had brothers and sisters. So I was like the one kid or, the, you know, a really small group of kids who didn't have any brothers or sisters. So I, I like fundamentally don't understand that sibling relationship. Mm -hmm. I'm like, all right, you're not speaking today, but you're talking tomorrow. Okay, what, whatever. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. And then, you know, I was always the littlest kid. And I was the kid with the biggest Jufro. And then <laughs> the only kid with the acne. And then I was, you know, I was too short. and I Or I was too Jewish or not Jewish enough. Or, mm -hmm. um, you know, I was too gay or not gay enough. Or, mm -hmm. uh, you know. I was, you know, smart in these areas, but not smart here. So there was always a sense of otherness and not feeling whatever normal is in, in any one situation, really. Um, and, you know, that's the kind of thing that seeps into your bones a lot. Yeah. You never get rid of it. I don't, yeah. I don't think. No. Um, for one reason or another, you can, you can live with it and you can mm -hmm. grow with it and you can put it in its place and understand what it was and what it is and, um, you know, work your way around it, but it's always sort of there. So when watching Star Trek and knowing that it is part of its fundamental DNA and looking on screen and seeing people who look like me and the people I know and the people I love and the people I care about in all of the series. And some people act really weird and some people are, you know, you know, rougher or gentler or just this whole variety of really human experience. Mm -hmm. There's something very comforting about that. And there's something that makes people even if they don't sort of consciously are unconsciously aware of it feeling less othered because there's some amount of connection mm. and i think a lot of pop culture does that um i think star trek is probably leading the charge on it and has been for 50 something 60 years mm -hmm. i'm bad with math um but you know i think that's that's another thing that pop culture gives to people it gives them the opportunity to see a hero who looks like them or a, a even a metaphorical situation that they're experiencing or you know a few people have to travel through middle earth but there are lots of people who have to go you know and figure something out or right. or go to great lengths to help themselves or other people and and they find comfort in that um so feeling like an othered person mm -hmm. all the time at one point or another. Um, and it does get better. 
it definitely gets better <laughs> um, if you're lucky and you're surrounded by people who love and support you. Um, it gets better, um, but it can be really, really tough. And I think pop culture can be a really comforting, safe space for people who don't quite know where they belong. Yeah, um, because even for an hours-long episode or a two-hour-long movie or reading a book for three hours, you can feel okay about it. Mm-hmm. You can feel okay about who you are and what you're going through um, and what you've been through, really. And then you can hopefully take all that and make it easier for somebody else. Ah. That's beautiful. And that, that, that's so true. Uh, I love, I love, I love how you ended that like you can hopefully make it better for somebody else i mean i feel like that's um part of the whole reason why we exist you know um the sci-fi sisters because you know when we sabrina and fran first met each other online defending michael burnham before star trek discovery had even come on the air (laughs) you know uh, <laughs> and they're in these chat rooms with people and, and all these groups on Facebook and stuff. And, um, you know, frankly, a lot of Black folks, especially Black women, were feeling particularly marginalized at that point because okay. of the vociferousness of people's subjections to Michael Vernon. Am I correct, Sabrina? You are correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, and um, and I think our when we had the experience, the formulative experience that we had uh, going to a panel at a convention, and the majority, all, all the black women in that room being ignored when it was time to for audience participation, it was so infuriating. Um, and these are supposed to be by our allies, you know, our supposed allies, and they didn't call on a single one of us to talk about Michael Burnham, the black woman heading up the first new Star Trek show in a million years, right? right. You know, like <laughs> like really? Like can we can we get to that and can we talk to that? You know, that made us feel like if that we have to fight to have our voices heard and we might as well do it. And but really wanted to why we wanted to create a safe space, you know, for other other folks to feel and be, which is why we created the mothership on, on Facebook, Mm -hmm. you know, um, so that we wouldn't have to deal with that type of toxicity. And so we could speak how we wanted to speak and, and Mm -hmm. without censure and, and be a support for each other. And that's why it's become such a thriving community because people know that you can come to the mothership and you can be who you are without being judged for mm-hmm. that you know yeah. um that you will find some commonality of spirit you know mm-hmm. yeah you know sometimes fandom is really interesting to mm-hmm. me because you know i've been working in various media for a really long time and i understand that you you are never ever going to make everybody happy right you you just can't do it because if if you appeal to everybody you wind up appealing to nobody Mm-hmm. And and I get that intellectually. I get that. What I don't understand is that if you are one of the people who aren't happy about something, why you have to go out of your way to make everybody else unhappy about it? Let them be happy about it and support it. Not everything is for everybody, and right. 
all right, this isn't for me. I'm so glad that you guys are enjoying it. Right. <laughs> I, I don't understand the need to constantly hate and unload and tell people that they're wrong for liking something right. that they like. Right. I don't understand it. Mm-hmm. I wish I had the time and the energy <laughs> right. to devote to that. How could you keep maintaining this? You've right. said that so many times. Right. It's exhausting. That mm-hmm. that constant level of grievance. Like, oh God. <laughs> constant level of grievance. Yeah. It's absolutely correct. Uh, <laughs> like, wow, you got a lot of time. <laughs> I wish I had all this time. <laughs> You've got all this time and this is how you are choosing you to spend, spend it. it, right? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, we know. people. <laughs> It's like, you know, like like we were saying the other night, you know, there are times when we don't agree with things that we've seen in Star Trek, but we still enjoy the show. It's mm-hmm. not like, oh, yeah. look, I want to throw that baby out with the bathwater. Right. You know, there's one thing I don't like. I had a whole series is no good. Yeah. Uh, so you know, people just like, really, yeah. They just oh, like, and then they start saying, oh, this ruined my, you ruined my childhood. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, dude, if this is the right that ruins your childhood. <laughs> one day, really. Wow. Well, that sounds like a first world problem to me, but right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Just saying. Yeah. Exactly. I'm sorry, growing up in that mansion in Connecticut didn't yeah. fulfill all of your needs. Oh, my God. <laughs> Ruin my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> So, Rob, yes. outside of us looking forward to being on the cruise with you again next year, mm-hmm. <laughs> what what do you got coming up in the works? Oh, did you um, want anything you want to talk about? God, there is so much I want to talk about, but I can't. <laughs> <laughs> anything you can talk about? Yes, yes, there are a couple of things I can talk about. Okay, okay. I've got a new, um, I've got a new Bob Ross picture book coming. Woo-hoo! Oh, is Peabody um, there? Peabot is there. Bob and Peapot play a game Peapod, in this right, one. Peapod. Yep. Yep. Ooh. They go into all of his paintings looking for art supplies. Oh. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so that's coming out um, in uh, in September or October. I can't remember which one. My publisher's going to kill me. Um, I have a Loki's book of magic and mischief, Ooh. which is a, a magic book told through Loki. Nice. Um, so I had to learn all of these magic tricks and okay. then <laughs> write about them. Oh, that should be fun. JD. It was a lot of fun. Sci-fi <laughs> sister for life, JD. I know what I'm getting you for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> if it's out. Um, those are the two big books that I can talk about. Okay. Awesome. Um, but there's something next year that's sort of Star Trek adjacent. Okay. Um, that I think everyone's going to like. Um, and then there's two other things that I, I, I've been dying to tell people about, but it's too early. It's too okay. early. Okay. Right. It's sort of like a bet, like, you know, like you've got to buy the books now because you're going to forget. If, yes. if we talk about them too early, people are going to forget about them. Yes, I get that. Don't, I get, don't worry. I so you'll have to that. come back. You'll have to come back and tell yeah. us all about it. If you'll have me. Oh, always. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, one I of the things... I, yeah, okay. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, so the cruise before this one, the fifth cruise, I was in your session where you were talking about, you were teaching like writing, like how to write a story and you were giving us all these pointers and everything. And you were wonderful. I, and, you know, I've been in a few that, classes now. That wasn't me. No, it wasn't you? No. 
it was the other doctor. We always get confused. Oh, wow. No way. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It was Stephen Grenade. He's the other bald guy with a beard. It was Stephen Grenade. Uh Yeah, I introduced him just to play around with people. You're funny. That's why you every year I get confused with other people. So oh, it's usually Dr. Muhammad and I. Yes. Usually get confused. They, I, I was, oh, I was my God, accosted, but this one woman at a bar, like two cruises ago, she was like, Your lecture was just fascinating. And we never thought about science that way. I'm like, that wasn't me. And she was like, No, it was you. And I'm like, ma'am it, it wasn't me i don't i can't science and she was like oh no it was you and you said blah blah, blah. <laughs> it's a was, what? Yeah. at least and i, I believed you like, when you told me it wasn't you right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh well listen but you did um you did a fun one that i was at um i, I got there a little late um and it was the mad libs oh the mad libs oh. yeah <laughs> that was so funny it's <laughs> like okay. how that was like um uh herding cats and yeah. it was. It was. you knew people it were was. gonna it's say w- crazy stuff too yeah it's it's always one of my favorite parts of the entire cruise because everyone really gets into it yeah they do um and especially packed. if they've got a couple of drinks it was packed yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 move it out of that room right it's, it's such yeah. a little that little bar that they have it in yeah Although I like the bar having there because if people are drinking, they, they start getting a little dirty. Oh, yeah, they their answers. <laughs> when I got there, oh, they were already getting a little. Yeah, dirty. they were. They were in those. They were in the drinks by the time yep. I got there. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh-huh. It was great, but but don't feel bad about confusing me with Stephen. Everybody does it. Okay, it happens all the time. You can edit yeah. that out, though. <laughs> <laughs> nope, it's staying in. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I mean like, I know. We, no way, that's staying. Yeah, I know we got, like, you know, we got all serious on the show, but you're like, you know, like, I mean, the the reason that we wanted to, one of the reasons why we really wanted to have you on, and is because, like, you are such a, a bundle of light and energy. You know, you oh, just like yeah. really brighten up a room, and your work, the work that you do, is. um important to me because even like on all the levels that you do it first of all your kids books can be read by adults and enjoyed by the adults and a lot of the adults books work on kids level too like they work on multiple levels Mm -hmm. but i think at the core of your work is joy Mm-hmm. you know oh, and I, yeah. and i think that that is so important and so needed right now you know is the joy of the expression the joy of celebrating the things that we love and and discovering other things like like you said like might not know this about this particular mm-hmm. series or franchise mm-hmm. or whatever you know it's just joy and it's like unmitigated and and it's pure and and we don't, especially these days, we don't get to experience a lot of that. We don't have enough people right. sharing it, you know, mm-hmm. and it's, it's important to me to just celebrate it whenever I come across it. Oh, thank you for saying that. Thanks. Well, you that give it. a lot. Yeah, you really give it. And it, and it feels, I mean, like, that's why I said, we, we, I fell in love with you on the cruise and, and, you know, and it's so easy to do because your heart, it, it just comes right out of your heart, you know? Oh, thanks. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Yeah. There were a couple of times I'd see you ladies, like just sitting there. I'm like, 
I want to go talk to them now. <laughs> and you just welcomed me in. It was really sweet. Oh, <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, it really felt like we'd all been hanging out forever. It really did. Together. Wow. It really yeah. did. Yeah. It really totally. did. I was like, oh, okay. He's part of the tribe. <laughs> get rid of this guy. When do we get off the boat? Yeah. <laughs> uh-uh. Stuck with us now. <laughs> next, next cruise, you're going to be like, Jesus, I cannot get rid of these sunglasses. <laughs> oh my God. You're like, Aaron, Aaron McDonald. How do I get rid of these sci-fi sister chicks? Man overboard. I'm going to tell them I'm Steve and they'll vote me alone. <laughs> it was good. Oh Rob, on that note, <laughs> I, I know, right? I'd like, I'm going to thank you for coming on the show. And uh, we're looking forward to the stuff that you told us about that's coming up. We're really looking forward to the stuff that you can't tell us about right. yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I've got a whole new long reading list now. But I mean, a lot of your books, like for a lot of us fans, um, they're collectibles anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we we want to get and your your takes on these things are so unique that you just gotta have them anyway. So, you know, I mean, not to just blow smoke, more smoke, but it's oh, true. No, please, I mean, please. I love them. Blow smoke my way. Have you ever done have you done any work in the uh for the Star Wars franchise? Not yet. Not yet. Okay, yeah. good. Yet. We need to you hear that, Disney? Rob call, needs call to be me. working on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> call me too. <laughs> Disney, if you're listening, and we and hope, hope you, you are. are. <laughs> We're gonna get you listening, Disney. <laughs> All right, so we'll be looking for that too. But we love you so much. Thank you for being on the show, Yvette. Can you tell people where to reach us if they have thoughts about any of their experiences with Rob's books that they want to share? You can find us at SciFiSisters.com. That's S-Y-F-Y-S-I-S-T-A-S.com. Join us on The Mothership. That's M-U-T-H-A-S-H-I-P. And the Sci-Fi Sisters Book Club, both on Facebook. On Instagram and TikTok, Sci-Fi.Sisters. And we are also on that Twitter at Sci-Fi Sisters. Become a patron of Sci-Fi Sisters today at patreon.com forward slash Sci-Fi Sisters. After listening to this podcast, please rate us and write a review. We may just read it on an upcoming episode. And of course, we want to say hello, Dose. We want to give a biggest shout out to the biggest and baddest engineer in all any universes, Dose the Anonymous One. He's responsible for the music you hear on our show and the production services. And if you have need of an audio engineer, please look him up on Instagram at Dose underscore the Anonymous underscore one. And that's it for us, y'all. We love you, Rob, and we love all of you guys. Thanks for listening. Peace, love, and hair grease. It's time for the shorty shout-outs. Zakia Graham, Wayne Ritz, Sue Kay, Stephanie Baker, Scott Jensen, Peter Hessler, Olga Kravchek, Olden Klein, Mohammed Noor, Mark Richmond, J.R. Poole, David A. Gregory, Bill Erickson, Anne Bradley, The Chief, Ernesto Constagna, Travis Taylor, Timothy Baum, 
Susan V. Grunner, Stephanie Dole, Starbase Centaur 4210 Productions, Sailor Marge, Rita Poussaint Neversoul, Marcus Bigham, Liza Albright, Linda Andereg, Kalia Zawicki, Karen Dramera, Jamal Taylor, Howard Hogan, Eve England, LM, David Bolston, Anna Post, and Anne Marie. Thank you for all your support.